Welcome to the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast. Whether you're a backyard gardener, a market gardener, or a small-scale farmer just starting out or a seasoned grower, this show is for you. Join us as we share tips and tricks, tactics and hacks to growing food for yourself, your family, and your community, as well as sharing stories here from the field and other growers and farmers making a difference in their local food webs. My name is Cody, and I will be your host, so let's get growing. All right, episode seven, season one of the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast. The show is produced by Simply and Easy Media, and this episode is brought to you by Simplistic Farms, bringing fresh local produce to West Michigan, one family at a time. And all right, so the big question of the day is, should you start a CSA your first year farming or market gardening? Now, I feel there's probably at least three boxes that you should be able to check before you say yes. Before we get into that, let me ask you a question. What did the baby corn say to the mama corn? Where's popcorn? <laughs> All right, there you go. There's my one for the week. <clears throat> so let's jump right into this week's segment of This Week on the Farm. Uh, our harvest list is getting a lot shorter. We're pretty much done. Um, just finishing up. We still got a few carrots in the ground that we're pulling this week, uh, some kale few potatoes and some green onions uh, and then we'll pretty much be done harvesting I think um, after this week is over. Now we're definitely still on the firewood train. We did take a few days off because um, like I said in the last episode the firearm deer season was going to start this week Monday and it did and it went off with a bang you might say. <laughs> Actually opening day worked out pretty good for me. Um, I was fortunate enough to harvest a pretty nice nine point well, with a split brow tine, nice mature buck um, that I'd actually seen during bow season at about five yards. So I was real happy when he walked out. Um, but unfortunately, I had to sit there for about 11 hours <laughs> before he walked out. Um, that's kind of my tradition on opening day is I'll go out obviously an hour better before daylight. And then I'll sit till dark if I haven't got anything. So I had been sitting all day. It was a very slow day. I think I saw, gosh, one small buck uh, in the morning right at daybreak along with two does and then I don't think I saw any deer all day until about four o'clock when the does started to pop out I did see a couple more small bucks and then at uh, 5 15 the doe in the field clued me into um, this buck standing in the fence row so I was able to make a good shot at about 200 yards and put some more meat in the freezer so Opening day for me turned out really good. Uh, very excited for that. My buck tags are filled for the year, and it looks like I'll be taking Casey out on Saturday. So far, so good. The hunting season has been real good to us. We've been very blessed, to say the least, um, to be able to fill our freezer and give some away as well. That's what it's all about. Keeping traditions, time with friends and family, and filling the freezer and feeding people. It's always a good time. And honestly, for me, when I can just go out, sit in nature, whether it's in my box blind or hanging out of a tree, that's really when I'm in my happy place. Um, gives me time to clear the mind a little bit after a long growing season. Just a nice way to wind out the year and head into the holiday seasons. So, in speaking of the end of the season, also this week, we are starting our season review. Um, we're going through the steps that we covered in episode six of the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast, and we are looking at what worked and what didn't for our crops, for our infrastructure, um, for our sales and marketing. We are definitely setting new goals and uh, kind of looking at the roadmap going forward for the farm. 
So we're definitely putting in the time needed for that. Um, I do believe that is a pretty critical step in the process. So, all right, so let's jump right into today's main topic. Should you start a CSA your first year farming or market gardening? Well, my initial response is going to be, it depends. Um, like most things, this is very, very contextual based on quite a few factors, but I do believe that for this particular business model, you should be able to check yes to at least these three boxes at a minimum for starting a CSA. But before we talk about those boxes, I think we should discuss what is a CSA and why you might want to go this route if you're not familiar with it already. And I believe this topic is important. Um, I did a video on my YouTube channel about a year ago regarding farmers markets versus CSA and um, breaking down the differences between the two. And I do get a lot of response from viewers in regards to how good of an idea the CSA sounds. And it is, and it can be a great idea and a great farm model. However, there are definitely some things to consider before you jump right in head first when it comes to a CSA. So what is a CSA? Well, CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. And traditionally, it's basically a prepaid subscription or membership to your farm where they get basically a, a share or a box of veggies every week for a set amount of weeks. Say, when we run our CSA, it's a 15-week CSA throughout the summer. Folks will prepay a certain amount, whether it's a single share for a single person or a family share, um, you know, for a family of three to five, and they pay before the season even starts with somewhat of a guarantee that they're going to have fresh vegetables delivered every single week for 15 weeks once the season starts up. It's great for the customer because they know they're going to have access to fresh vegetables throughout the growing season. And it's great for the farmer or market gardener because it gives them the funds needed, especially if they're in their first couple of years still investing a lot of money into their farm. It gives them the funds up front at the beginning of the season so they can make sure they have their seeds and their compost and their hoop houses and whatever they need to grow that food. So it's definitely a great way to fund the farm. That's the upside, and that's the upside for, for both parties. It's great for the farmer, and it's great for the customer. However, there are some downsides. It's very tempting because as a farmer, you actually need less customers because your customers are essentially buying in bulk. So instead of needing 50 customers or 100 customers at the farmer's market, you could make just as much throughout the season with, say, say 20 to 25 CSA members um, with family shares. So it's very tempting for new farmers because it does create a revenue right off the bat. However, there is a bad side, right? People paid you for that, therefore you are expected. And there are many, many things that can be out of your control. There are a lot of variables when it comes to growing food, especially outside. And crop failure is a biggie. So there are a lot of things out of your control. And if you're a brand new farmer, there are, there are definitely things that, that you don't know. Even when you've been at it for a few years, you still have to battle the weather, pass the wildlife, um, and have action plans for all of those in place. Always looking at infrastructure and labor shortages, um, especially when you're building out your farm the first year or two, or three, or four. <laughs> so the learning curve is huge. And the key to growing a successful farm business, or any business for that matter, is keeping your customers happy customer satisfaction and trust if you don't have that you don't have a business 
um, regardless of what you're growing or selling. So that's very important. And um, in all honesty, you don't know what you don't know. So because of that, you know, I suggest making sure that you can check yes to all of these boxes before embarking on the journey of starting running a CSA. The first box would be, have you ever grown food before? You know, semi-commercially at least for yourself or for somebody else. Did you work on somebody else's farm who had a CSA or who grew a variety of crops? So you have some experience at least in growing the vegetables, growing the food. Um, that's that's the first one. And even if it wasn't commercially, if you if you typically grow a, a large garden and you've been doing that for years, you're probably qualified. That might just take some extra planning. But that's the first box. Have you ever grown food before? Have you ever grown food before consistently in a large quantity? Box number two would be, is have you ever grown food in the ground you're proposing to grow on? Meaning, is this an existing garden space or is this a brand new property that you're just leasing or purchasing that you've never grown food on before? Uh, and I believe this is extremely important because the soil can vary greatly, even in the same garden space. You know, I'm running 35, 50 foot beds and I've got three different blocks and every single block is different, okay? Um, the soil structure is just a little bit different. So that can have a great impact on what you're able to grow, what you need to put into the soil so that you can grow successfully. And if you've never grown on that soil, you, honestly, even if you have a soil test done, you really don't know. We just finished up our third year in the market garden, and we're still learning lessons and figuring it out. So I think, I think that is a box that really should be checked. Um, have you ever grown on that ground specifically? If not, there's a high probability that there's probably going to be some surprises in store. So, and then number three, the third box I would say is do you already have a customer base? It doesn't have to be a large customer base, but do you have a customer base who already knows you and trusts you and is willing to put out a few hundred dollars at the beginning of the season and put their faith in you that you'll be able to deliver on that promise. And honestly, even if this is just your first year running a CSA and you've been growing for a year or two, I would still start with a fairly small member count, 10 to 20 CSA members, just to get the feel of things because it is completely different than growing for a farmer's market or for your farm stand or for restaurants, of course. So I would say having a small customer base is is pretty crucial as well and if, if you don't have that your first year uh, because you are new to the space that's when I would suggest spending time in the, in the community at the farmers markets getting involved setting up a stand at your farm so you can slowly build a loyal customer base you know and really focusing on quality of your vegetables customer satisfaction period those are our two main focuses always and have been since day one and I think that's and I think that's why we were able to build a fair, fairly loyal customer base right off the bat. You don't have to have a large operation if you're putting out the best product. I believe if you can check yes to these three questions, um, you will greatly reduce the risk of failure and increase the probability of success uh, running a CSA. So if you can check yes to all three of those, I say, heck yeah, go for it. Um, and if not, I would say no worries. You can still start a farm market garden. You can still even grow for a CSA. You just need to adjust the plan a little bit rather than, rather than it being a prepaid. If you like the idea of, of doing weekly veggie boxes with a variety of veggies, 
can still grow with the same crop plan as if you were running a CSA, and then you can sell your weekly veggies on a week-to-week -week basis and having them pay for it at that point, rather than taking their money up front long before you even grow the food. So um, you take a lot of that weight off your shoulders. In reality, you'll still be able to build a customer base if you're growing good food and delivering good customer service. So it's not that you can't. I think you just need to adjust the model a little bit to a week-to-week rather than a prepaid at the beginning of the season. I would also still definitely implement other sales outlets. Um, if it's your first year, definitely focus on quality and customer service, um, but get out there, get involved, like I said, hit the farmer's markets, meet some new customers, meet the other farmers in your area. There's definitely opportunity networking with other farmers as well. So that's what I would say if somebody were to ask me, should you start a CSA your first year? Uh, and it's a depends kind of answer. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. You know what that sound means. It is time for our farm and garden word of the week. This week's word is diazotropes. Our diazotropes, A, the Diaz Brothers Trophy Room, B, microorganisms that fix atmospheric nitrogen in the soil, C, nature's answer to nitrogen fertilization, or D, both B and C. That is D. It is both B and C. Diazotropes are microorganisms that fix atmospheric nitrogen into the soil. It really is nature's answer to nitrogen fertilization. Pretty cool. Alright, remember y'all, good decisions come from experience, and experience comes from bad decisions. <laughs> so, hopefully you have been inspired or entertained, learned something or laughed, I truly hope you're enjoying the podcast, and as always, I cannot thank you enough for tuning in and joining me every week. If you'd like to continue the conversation, we can chat over on Facebook at Simplistic Farms LLC, or you can send us a comment over there on YouTube at Simple Ain't Easy, Simplistic Farms. And of course, you can listen to the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast on all of the platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts at, you can find us there. If you'd like to support the show or get involved in Project Feed Your Neighbor, there is a link down in the show notes. Or you can find us over on Patreon.com at Patreon slash Simplistic Farms. We hope you have a great week. Make somebody smile. We'll talk to you on the next one.